the Lowdown Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kevin Scott. Here with me is Kyle Leith, as always. How you doing, Kyle? Good. And today we will be talking about injuries. Uh, yeah, plenty of injuries in week uh, week two. Uh, we're going to be reviewing, like we did last week, all the games from week two, and um, kind of look through uh, what what we noticed, what we stood, what stood out to us, who's a good pickup, obviously injuries and all of that. So, um, other than uh, than the injuries, how did your week go? I uh, went pretty well. I ended up with a decent profit across the board. It could have been better. It could have been worse. Uh, lost over a grand on the very last play of the Kansas City game in overtime. So that was unfortunate. Oh, that is too bad. Uh, it's one of those weeks, though, with all these injuries, man. If you if you were in the positive, uh, you should uh, wear that like a badge of pride because that's uh, it was a tough week. Uh, hopefully, as we look through these games and uh, and consider what's going on with them and and who maybe to pick up, it'll help you recover from some of these. Remember that no matter how bad a week seems, you can always recover from it, or almost always with some really good pickups and smart smart moves. Uh, so let's just dive in here with the first game from Thursday night: Cincinnati Bengals against the Browns. It was a l- little bit of a strange game. Uh, what stuck out to me from this game is is how heavily the Browns uh, ran the ball and very successfully. They had 32 runs to only 23 passes, which is pretty incredible in today's NFL. And obviously, uh, Hunt and Chubb both looked great. Absolutely. And uh, isn't it sort of weird when Odell Beckham going for four catches and like 70 yards and a touchdown is considered like a giant triumph? Yeah, it, it was really, I had the same note down that he only had four receptions but he had a 26 percent target share so it's just that they did not need to pass the ball but yeah it, it felt like a victory didn't it it did and when 17 points is a victory in fantasy football i, I mean expectations have really um you know come down to earth yeah same same situation for austin hooper i mean when you go to a team that's a run first team you're just not going to get the looks and i'm sure hooper is missing the falcons i'm sure beckham's missing a high-powered offense but it is what it is for those guys if you have chubb or hunt i feel like you're very happy right now and you're going to be playing them week in and week out that's that's the browns goal is to run the ball like that um otherwise you know landry had kind of a, a a down game only three receptions it was interesting seeing the rookie burrow play he he, he had a nice game anything uh, catch your eye on the bingo side i mean burrow looked amazing he is way ahead of the curb he put up 30 fantasy points and he just looked like a like a experienced quarterback you know he didn't seem phased uh the cleveland defense we don't know quite how good it is yet but burrow is really impressed now him and aj green have to get on the same page. And I think that's going to be one of the bigger talking points moving forward this year is AJ Green. You're going to hear the people of like, oh, he's washed. He had three catches for 29 yards, disaster. And then you're going to have people like me who see 200 plus air yards, 13 targets, two catches that could have happened that would have just resulted in a big game. And the most of the catches that he didn't make were just completely uncatchable. They're not on the same page yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm of the belief that I don't care how bad of a wide receiver he is now or how past his prime he is. I want any receiver that's going to get 13 targets or 10-plus targets and 100-plus air yards on my team every time. 
Yeah, I agree generally with that take. I would say also that he got a couple of red zone looks and that there was one where he should have had the touchdown, but the guy held his arm. He couldn't get his arm up there. He, he definitely could have easily had six or seven catches for you know, 80, 90 yards and a touchdown. Um, the only thing I would say back is that it seems that the Bengals are one of these teams that wants to kind of plan for the future, even already in week two. I noticed that they had T. Higgins, the rookie, uh, playing on 65% of snaps, which was even more than A.J. Green. He finished with six targets. So that's a guy to keep an eye on, but it's also a concern if you own A.J. Green. Um, even Mike Thomas, a guy who was drafted by the Rams, I liked him coming out a little bit, but he played on 34% and had had a touchdown while A.J. didn't. So, you, you know, it's garbage time stuff. These guys are going to get a lot of looks and the more that the Bengals get behind, I'm a little worried that Green is, is going to kind of be phased out. But You're wrong. He, Mike Thomas had a good week. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, if, though, he remains getting double-digit targets, which he had the first two weeks, I agree. You, you play the guy, and you don't worry about um, whether he's as quick as he used to be. Also, you got to factor in his uh, draft area. He was His ADP was like the seventh round. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. have to have measured expectations. You're not getting the same A.J. Green that was being drafted in the first round in 2016. Right. Also, Tyler Boyd did look good. He, he got uh, eight targets, seven catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Uzoma looked pretty good early on, but he tore his Achilles. Uh, you could see it snap right there on the screen. And then Drew Sample came in. And Sample, uh, it looks like Burrow just really likes to throw to tight ends because Sample had nine targets, seven catches. So he will be a big pickup on the wire this he week, especially in tight end. He will be the number one target. On yeah, the waiver wire. There's one other tight end I'll, I'll mention later that will also be a big pickup, but Sample will be one of the top two. Um, I agree. And, you know, he, he looked good. And this offense is going to be behind all the time, right? I certainly hope so. <laughs> um, one other thing I wanted to mention, if you are desperate for tight end in a tight end premium league, is Harrison Bryant, the rookie for the Browns. He saw 51% of snaps and looked very quick. And Agile, uh, it seems like he might push Hooper for playing time where he might play the move position. I mean, he only caught one ball, but again, they're not a heavy passing offense. So just a guy to keep in the back of your mind. Um, moving on to the next game, it was uh, the next game I have is the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. This was an ugly game, as we could have predicted. Um, obviously, the biggest news is Saquon Barkley being done for the year. Any thoughts on that? Well, Barkley's loss is huge. And there was also the injury to Sterling Shepard. He has a toe injury, so I'm assuming he'll be out for a little bit. Um, With Barkley gone, it looks like they might sign Devonta Freeman, who will be visiting as of today. And today is, as we record, is Monday. So... Oh, he he is going for a visit? He is going for a visit. I called that on Twitter. I thought he'd definitely go there. Which is good because he had two visits already to Philadelphia and... uh, that had me worried because I had a yeah, lot of Miles Sanders. Exactly. So Get him out it of there. is a relief. I don't I hope he signs. I, I do because I don't feel like uh, having to place a bid on Gall Galway or Gallman. Um, Gallman or Dion Lewis. Well, I would say I have Gallman down in my notes. I, I'd say Gallman is a nice speculative ad, even if they do sign Freeman, because I think Gallman's probably a lot more. Uh, a lot more bursts than yeah, Freeman but does. That, that, that offensive line is so bad. I mean, it's true. If if um, Barkley is getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage, 
then yeah. what hope does Gallman have? Yeah, it's probably more more just in the in the passing game and comeback mode. Which Dion Lewis did see four tar- uh, five targets, caught four for thirty six, um, and he's not good. So I mean, if if Gallman's more dynamic or or Freeman, either of them might have some value. But you're right to temper expectations. It was a nice rebound game from Evan Ingram. Had eight targets and actually caught some of them, six for sixty five. Um, still, you would expect a little bit more yards per catch with the, from a guy with his athleticism. Um, like you said, Shepard got hurt, and Tate ended up playing 62% of snaps. Um, he's an interesting play uh, with the Giants set to be, again, in comeback mode. And as long as Shepard's out, I would, I would consider adding Tate if he's available in any of your, of your leagues. Absolutely. But you just really have to take the New York Giants and just move them down a notch the entire offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not the Jets, but it's a repeat of last year with injuries, and it's quite unfortunate. Yeah, and they're just not very good when it comes down to it. I agree. <clears throat> On the Bears' side, uh, I was pretty surprised by David Montgomery's nice game. Uh, he had 16 carries, went for 82 yards, so over five a carry. He also got three targets and went for 45 yards and a touchdown. And all of that was only on 54% of snaps. Well, um, he did get so... injured during the game for oh, a little did he? bit. Okay. And I then he that. came back. Okay, that's good. So everyone was panicking in the second quarter, I believe, with a neck injury, but then he returned to the game. Okay, cool. Saving us from one more catastrophic situation. Right, right. I didn't see the game. I just saw those stats. I was very impressed. I I also noticed that Cohen only got 32% of snaps. So, Yeah, you got to downgrade him. And Mm -hmm. if you were watching Red Zone like many of us, this game did not did not hit the screen at all. <laughs> 17-13 final. There wasn't much to it. I, I did want to mention rookie Darnell Mooney on the Bears. Uh, he's a, someone you should consider picking up in deep leagues. He played on 60% of snaps, well ahead of Anthony Miller, who was only at 40%. Miller killed me in a couple of leagues when I played him. Um, Darnell Mooney received three targets, caught them all for 36 and a touchdown, while Miller caught none of his three targets. So, just, it seems like they like the guy. I think he's more of an outside guy opposite Allen Robinson, where um, Miller's more of a slot player, but just someone to keep in the back of your mind. Allen Robinson disappointed again. Uh, nine targets, though, but only caught three for 33. I, f- I feel like he just can't wait for Foles to finally come in if he ever does, right? Absolutely. I mean, this offense is just going to sputter until there's a change, a change mm-hmm. of some kind. I mean, Trubisky is amazing at doing just enough to keep a job at like just the right time. He is um, sort of like the Gostowski of uh, quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, you think he's going to lose his job, and then he hits a game winner. Right. And it just keeps on happening, and it's uh, frustrating as heck. But it is what it is. But Yeah. I mean, he had 18 for 28 for 190 and two touchdowns with also two interceptions. Uh, he didn't, didn't do much on the ground. I just don't know why or how he's keeping his job, but I think they just like the guy. Uh, one more for the, the desperate tight end crowd. The Bears did work rookie Cole Komet in, 34% of snaps, and he did have a catch. If he starts playing ahead of Demetrius Harris, uh, he's, he's maybe worth an add. Um, he could start getting a few targets, but again, it's the Bears. Um, the next game on the docket was a very crazy and exciting one, Atlanta and Dallas. The Falcons receivers, I was going to mention, they all played about the same amount, which was surprising to me. Ridley played 63, Gage played 62, and Julio played 59 snaps, all were around 80%. So the fact that Gage is getting the same number of snaps as Ridley and Julio does make him uh, quite a bit more interesting to me. What do you think of him? He was um, 
he's been surprising, not going to lie. And uh, he had a better game than Julio. Uh, I mean, there's rumors that Julio might have a hamstring injury of some kind, but there's nothing confirmed. He does. Right he he was unquestionable on the injury report with a hamstring, but he said it's been bothering him for like three or four weeks. Yeah, um, and he certainly showed in his game. I mean, how can you? Bad. Yeah. If, if I told you that the team is going to score 39 points and Julio is going to get three, what do you say? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely. But the team is doing what we thought they would do. They're throwing the ball a ton, throwing it around. Uh, I don't know how much they used Hurst this week, but he didn't really Yeah, Hurst had out. eight targets, five for 72 and a touchdown. I was going to mention him. I, I think he's, I mean, he played 65% of snaps. I feel like at this point with what we're seeing with tight ends across the board, he's a must play every week. Oh, yeah. If he, if he had that kind of stat line. Mm-hmm. Usually we always look for these like uh, eight to 10th round picks doing well. And this year there really hasn't been that much from that sort of range that, you know, stuck out so far. I mean, there's been glimmers of optimism, but no true home runs. Hurst was, has been good, but then Gasicki had a huge week. We'll talk about him in a minute, but um, he had a terrible week one, you know, and then you got uh, Higby, but he was more like a seventh rounder. So there's a few in there, but yeah, it's the later round guys, nothing much. Although I would say Noah Fant's in that range too, and he's had a good start. Well, not anymore with Locke injured. But again, when you pay up a tight end, you're paying up for consistency. But this right. game was just amazing. Uh, if it you, was crazy. If you had Dak, you won your league probably. He put up over like 40-something fantasy points depending on the scoring. Uh, he took away multiple touchdowns from what could have been Zeke or throwing the ball. He was just really impressive, but I don't know how impressive he was versus how poor the Falcons are. We are still learning as we go through this year how it, who the good and bad defenses are, and so far Atlanta I would put on the, uh, on the bad end of things. <laughs> the Falcons' offense was good, as we expected, but um, they, they weren't they weren't explosive at the same time. Their running game was bad. Gurley played on 64% of snaps and got 21 carries, but only went for 61 yards and didn't score. More concerningly, if you own Gurley, he wasn't targeted in the passing game at all. Um, so his value is capped. I would I would kind of tend to bench Gurley going forward until you see something improve there because just not worth playing. Um, on the on the Cowboys side, you mentioned Prescott had a, had a big day, although he was off for the first half a little bit. Uh, he kind of recovered. Elliott had a fine day, but nothing special. On the receivers, which is what something we were watching, uh, both Cooper and Gallup played 75 snaps, so 90, uh, 91%. And Lamb played 68, 83%. So they are overwhelmingly playing in 11 personnel, which we pretty much expected, but that's even a higher number than we thought. Um, I think now with Jarwin out, maybe they're doing it more often. But at the same time, I don't know if you saw Dalton Schultz's day i told people last week i would hesitate to add him because he's more of a blocker he had 10 targets nine receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown this was the other guy i was going to mention he will be a big pickup if people saw that line now granted it's the cowboys in comeback mode but they are not afraid to throw the guy the ball yeah he looked uh better than i thought but a lot of it i think is just the system when everyone's chasing cd lamb around uh the underneath stuff is definitely going to open up uh, so far, uh, C.D. Lamb has looked like the real deal. I've just been very high on this offense all year, and even though they've been having some injuries a- along the front line, they're probably going to be one of the top two offenses in football this year. 
Yeah, and CD had six for 106, uh, nine targets. That's, that's a beautiful line for a rookie. Uh, I think he's a must-play probably. You got him in the ninth or tenth, but I would start him, um, especially if they're playing a team they're going to have to throw the ball against. Um, the next game was Detroit and Green Bay. Uh, the Lions' offense in this one looked just putrid all the way around. They threw 33 passes, rushed it 20 times, but neither was very effective. Uh, what did you think of their – I don't know if you saw the the Lions' backs – the the split of carries did you notice that they need to fire patricia yeah it's just it's pathetic man i mean adrian peter the crazy part is they were okay as far as effectiveness peterson got seven carries and went for 41 carry on eight for 32 and swift five for 12 i mean swift wasn't very good on the ground but then he had five receptions for 60 yards i just don't understand the way that he and belichick use their backs it doesn't make sense to me well, look at the, look at it this way. The coach before for Detroit got fired after I think going nine and seven. Right now, Patricia is nine and like twenty eight for a record. So they have wow. taken a giant step backward, and the only reason he has a job right now is because he has that little like thing that says Patriots in his resume. Right. Which basically gets you a job, but for the most part, how many of Belichick's uh, you know proteges have done anything in the league? Yeah, it's it's been bad. Give me um, someone from the bad. Shanahan tree. Yeah, I feel bad for these players. They have a lot of talent, but they're just not being used right. I think DeAndre Swift could be, and still could become you know a top twenty back if he was just given the right usage. But Swift is a flex play though. He did catch um, yeah. five passes, which means right. that he's. He's become the Naheem Hines of uh, 2020 after. At least week one, Naheem Hines. Yes, we'll, but, we'll get to Naheem Hines. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, if he's getting five targets, he's still usable. But imagine if he was also getting 15 carries. I mean, that's what should be happening, but it is what it is. Hawkinson uh, did have another nice game. 69% of snaps, had four for 62. Marvin Jones uh, played 90%, but only had four for 23. It just was an ineffective day. On the Packers' side, Aaron Jones was uh, probably the play of the week. Uh, humongous day. And do you? I don't know if you've looked this up, but do you know how many snaps, what percentage Aaron Jones played on? Roughly? Uh, under 50? It was 48%. Ah, that's right. Can you believe that? He well, had every 18. time he was in, he touched it then. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he had 18 for 168 and two and four catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. So the three touchdowns obviously uh, made his day, but he also had a ton of rushing yardage, had a very long, I think, 85-yard touchdown run. The bottom line is Jones is a stinking good player. Uh, When he gets a chance, he touches the ball, he's going to do something with it. So we still had a 42% snap share for Jamal Williams, but, you know, he just went eight for 63, which is fine. Uh, AJ Dillon just went five for 17, but Jones is just one of those guys, man. You have to, if you, you got him in the second round, you're excited because, um, he's still producing these touchdowns. I like to imagine what would happen if he had McCaffrey usage. All right. You can dream crazy. Yeah. I mean, probably something similar. Um, but yeah, Rogers had another nice day. As far as I want, one thing I want to mention on the receivers, uh, was that uh, Scantling um, led the receivers in targets with seven. Uh, Devontae Adams got hurt also, so that's why he only played 52% of snaps. It's, I think it's a hamstring at this point, so just keep an eye on that. If he is out, MVS and Lazard will both benefit. And the biggest boost, um, if Devontae Adams is out, is Aaron Jones, who yeah. last year when Adams was out caught an average of like seven or eight balls a game. 
Right. So he's yep. actually the one that gets the biggest like uh, bump in usage, even more so than some of the receivers. So that's more of a daily fantasy tidbit right there. Yeah, if you have Lazard or MVS, I would play him in season long, um, even though, yeah, Jones is going to be a bigger beneficiary because they will get more targets. But yeah, good point. Uh, the next game is the Vikings and Colts, another pretty darn boring game. The Colts just wiped the floor with them. I have not seen, uh, well, maybe once or twice, but rarely seen Kirk Cousins look, look this bad. Uh, 11 for 26 for 113 and three picks, no touchdowns. So just a putrid game for him, uh, which obviously led to a putrid game for all his receivers. Thielen did have eight targets, but only three for 31. He was a big bust. Um, you have a lot of Dalvin Cook. He, he didn't totally let you down, but it was a pretty ugly day. He salvaged with a touchdown, I think, but... It was just an ugly game for Minnesota. I think Minnesota might be bad this year, and I yeah. mean really bad. I kind of agree. I mean, the Colts maybe are better than we thought, but that was really bad. Uh, one positive for you as your Dalvin Cook owner, uh, Madison barely played. He only played at 19%. Uh, he played more like 40% last week, so um, barely touched the ball as well. So that's good for Dalvin Cook owners. Well, Cook's ceiling seems to be capped by how poor this offense is, but mm-hmm. uh, there, there's still time. He hasn't really... Uh, had any big plays yet and they can they can improve so yeah and, but uh, indy is the exciting thing yeah this I mean, that was very exciting day for jonathan taylor uh surprisingly they decided to go away from naheem hines completely he got no carries and only one target but i think a lot of that was because they got ahead early and just decided to ride the bus jonathan taylor 26 for 101 and one also had two receptions and he looked great doing it. i don't know if you saw any of that game I, I did, and he, he he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. But once again, Indy is going to probably have to ride him even more because Paris Campbell is out indefinitely with a oh, PCL injury. ACL? Uh, PCL. Oh, PCL. Okay. So there's not an exact time frame yet, but I would say significant. Yeah. Well, that I mean, I, one thing I'd say about Naheem Hines, uh, it's always disappointing when you get one uh, point in fantasy, <laughs> but don't drop the guy. Uh, I expected him to be like a 30, 40% player, and uh, I think he still will be. He only had 12% of snaps in this game. So I think it was just a game flow issue. Uh, He needs to be in comeback mode. One other mention was uh, Michael Pittman, the rookie, led the rookies or led the receivers in snaps, 92% of snaps. Obviously, that's because Campbell went out, but he he also led in targets. He had more than Hilton. Uh, He had six to Hilton's five. So uh, Pittman, it, he's probably on a lot of wires because he didn't do anything last week. He, I, didn't, I don't think he played, so he would be worth picking up, I think, uh, since he showed some some affinity for yes. uh, Rivers. Him and Pascal are both probably uh, worthy bids on the waiver wire. Maybe T.Y. Hilton will wake up and start doing something. Though it, he just I looks really, old. He, he does, but so does the quarterback. I right. mean, Rivers looks like he's been too busy dealing with his 13 kids. Uh, you know, a full rosterable offense right there, just in his children. Yep. So he just, his arm looks, you know, really weak. So that probably does not help Hilton very much. But. That's true. Although Hilton, the last few years, has been like that intermediate guy, like the 15, 20 yard um, outs and whatever stops. So I don't, I mean, he's he can go deep, but I just don't think he's. I don't know what's going on. I'm not a I'm not a scout, but he, he has he a AJ Green effect right now. He does not look very spry. 
yeah. but he's only getting six targets, not 13. So right. you're not going to drop him and you're probably going to have to keep playing him. If you can avoid him, maybe do until he shows something, but uh, you'd have to have a deep roster to do that. One other mention, big time mention was Mo Ali Cox in this game. Um, I know that it was probably just because Doyle was out, but he had six targets, went five for 111. And Philip Rivers obviously has a big history of loving large former basketball player tight ends, which is what Ali Cox is. Uh, he also played on 67% of plays. So if somehow uh, the coaches decide they want to keep this guy involved over Jack Doyle, he could become a really huge pickup. So you want to pick him up with a little bit of caution, but he will be added in almost every league. Always pick up tight ends. You can never yeah. have too many. It's worth a shot. Uh, the next uh, game is Buffalo-Miami. Uh, Buffalo, as expected, blew out the Dolphins. Uh, Josh Allen had another huge game. One thing I wanted to mention is he's had two huge games to start the season. Just remember to take that with a grain of salt because he's faced perhaps two of the you know bottom five teams in the league in the first two weeks. You uh, Did you, did you uh, have any thoughts from this game? Josh Allen looks good. Now, he put up a monster game. And he only rushed the ball four times. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just incredibly not Josh Allen, but he's been looking really good. He's been looking more decisive, much improved from previous years. Uh, I feel stupid for not getting John Brown uh, more frequently. Uh, sometimes hindsight, and you're like looking back, you ask, why didn't I do that? And my main one so far this year after two weeks is John Brown. Because he was going from the wide receiver one to a wide receiver two on an offense where most of his targets are deep anyway. So considering what you're getting from him, it would make sense in hindsight that I probably should have considered him over some of these wide receiver twos like Anthony Miller, et cetera, who were kind of going in that same range. Well, I would say it's still probably a solid process because what's really surprised me overall is how much the Bills are passing it, especially now this game did get tight. The Dolphins came back and took a lead in the second half, so perhaps they needed to throw it. But I thought the Bills were going to be a heavy running team and they ran the ball 18 times uh, from running backs, and that's it. And he threw it 35, like twice as much. In a full so. running back by committee, if you had either Singletary or Moss, neither have pulled ahead of each other. And even if you combine their stats together, it would still have been a mediocre day. Mm-hmm. So until one of them separates themselves or until they start running the ball, uh, they are not a very exciting group of running backs to roster. Yeah, I mean, they both produced around five yards a carry, so they're both playing fine. It's just, again, this, the Bills coaches deciding to throw the ball so much. I mean, it's similar to how the Seahawks are changing their mentality to throw it more. So we'll see if this continues. It could just be uh, the, the opponents, like I said, have been terrible, and they maybe just can throw it. But um, on the Dolphins' side, um, very little to get excited about. The one note on the running backs is Miles Gaskin. Again, appears to be the starting running back. He got 65% of snaps while Breida and Howard were down at 21 and 11%. Uh, he received seven carries and seven targets. So, you know, he offers very little upside in a bad offense, but he needs to be owned. It feels like they're tanking. It really yeah. does. Yeah, and why, why they would do that after signing Breida and Howard, I don't know. It it just doesn't make sense. Gasecki had a great line of eight for 130 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think almost all of that came in the second half. Yeah, I, I remember right. watching and like thinking like, oh crap, 
Gaseki's just sucking again. And then, like, uh, watching the game back, he had a really, really good fourth quarter and put up some of those points in garbage time. And he made one of the best catches of the week, if you haven't seen it. I saw that, yeah. Go take a look and find it, because that was just incredible. He has amazing athleticism. Yeah, 11 targets was the most amazing part to me. Just really involved late. I benched him in several leagues and felt very stupid. But, Shame. you know, last last week he had three for 30, so it's hard to know. Uh, the three-receiver set for Miami is Parker, Preston Williams, and the third guy in the slot, do you know who it is? Isaiah Ford. I had not really heard of him, but he played 64% of snaps. So every time they were in 11 personnel, it was Isaiah Ford. He's a guy to keep an eye on. He received nine targets, so a lot in that garbage time late, but went for seven seventy for 76 yards. Uh, he should be a regular feature if he keeps that role with Miami often behind. So uh, if you need a, a receiver, consider Isaiah Ford for a cheap bid. He sounds like a poor man's uh, gauge. Yes, exactly. On the Dolphins, but still. Yes. You might get some some garbage time from him. Yes. Uh, the next, These 11 formations, man. They, I know. They, they put up some crazy stat lines. Yep. The next game is the 49ers and the Jets, uh, butt whooping again. Uh, this game was started out with Mostert uh, taking a 80-yard touchdown to the house. He recorded the fastest game speed in the past five years, which was cool, 23 miles an hour. The dude's fast, and uh, he's a good runner. He did get hurt. He has, I think it's a an MCL sprain, so he may be out a couple weeks. And in the meantime, McKinnon uh, and Coleman will replace him. Coleman got 14 carries in replacing Mostert. Did you see how many yards he got? I'm assuming under tw- under 30. He got 12 yards. Oof. So 14 for 12. And meanwhile, McKinnon got three carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. So I have a feeling uh, we will see Coleman start to be phased out. He is just not a very good running back, and he never has been. I never understood why he was getting carries over Devonta Freeman at Atlanta, although he did a little more with them there. But in San Francisco, he's always been kind of lame. Uh, compared to Mostert in my mind. And McKinnon looks great. So I think McKinnon, if he's still on your wire, pick him up. Um, he, he's Again, he looks very explosive. He's going to catch a lot of balls. He he um, he only caught, only had one target in this game, but it's because they did not need to throw the ball much. It's the best he's looked in like five years. Now mm-hmm. the question is, can he stay healthy? He's always been like this uh, yeah, freak athlete, explosive. Um, but... We'll see if he stays healthy, but it is really cool that he's finally getting a chance to show his stuff after all these years of being close to being a featured back and then getting hurt over and over again. You have to feel good for the guy. Yeah, and I think his best role is is this kind of uh, added piece, right? Like a Swiss Army knife. He's not. He shouldn't be a starter, but he's very explosive. Uh, <laughs> I know that it probably really irked you to see Jordan Reed do what he did. George Kittle ruled out, and then Reed seven for fifty for two touchdowns on eight targets. How'd you feel about that one? Great for, um, for daily. Okay. You I had him, him at 12%. <laughs> for a season long, it was a bit tilting, but no one I was playing against had him and I had him in a couple spots. Yeah. So it, it was mixed emotions. I'm, I'm yeah. glad he's on the field. He uh, ruined me in previous years uh, from concussions, but I'm glad that he's back. And hopefully uh, when Kittle comes back next week, Kittle will regain his full role. My fear is they will be like, okay, Kittle, we're going to use you for blocking more. And now that Jordan Reed has proved that he can catch the ball again, we're going to have him run all the routes. And you're just going to protect the backup quarterback who will be starting over an injured Garoppolo for at least a couple weeks. 
That's in my notes. I think it's a real possibility. And, and even outside of the Garoppolo thing, I think it's a real possibility that they just try to use both of them a lot. They don't have much at receiver. So Reed has a chance to, you know, be in the four to five target every week kind of range. Uh, and a lot in the red zone where Kittle has never been used enough. So it is bad for Kittle owners. Uh, then again, Reed is is not the most durable guy himself. So not something to get too worried about. But if you need a tight end, hey, consider throwing a bid on this guy. And I have a um, follow-up question for you. Yeah. Which team has had the worst injury luck so far this year? It's between, obviously, San Francisco and Denver. I'm just going to read out a couple, couple names. So far, San Francisco has lost Jimmy G. They've lost Kittle. They've lost Mostert, at least for some period of time. That's a quarterback, running back, starting tight end, and they've lost Bosa for the year, and they've lost Solomon Thomas. And Debo Samuel, their their best receiver. And Debo Samuels and Jalen Hurd. So they've basically lost their whole offense and two of their best defensive players. Denver has lost all-pro Miller. It has lost Locke, the starting quarterback. It's lost Sutton, the starting wide receiver. It's lost Lindsey. And on the defensive end, it's also lost their starting cornerback in Boye. And it's lost Demarcus Walker and Dermont Jones, two of their better rotational defensive linemen. Yeah, they both are. That sounds awful. I give the edge to San Francisco because more starters. But, man, Miller, obviously a huge loss. And Cortland Sutton is a huge loss. I think it's worse for San Francisco because they were actually expected to be good this year. Right, exactly. Yeah. For Denver, it, it's like, okay, maybe you have a chance at a better offensive tackle in the draft. <laughs> right. But I just I'll, wanted to mention that just because injuries, man, have yeah. been crazy this week. I would say the 49ers do also have depth. So they may be okay if they can get through this time period. Um, but it, it's been rough. I would avoid all their receivers for now, maybe until somebody breaks out because Ayuk did come and play uh, his first game. He got 72% of snaps, but only got two for 21. It's going to be hard with the backup quarterback either way. And uh, Grappolo didn't look good anyway. So uh, avoid all those guys, in my opinion. On the Jets side, Jameson Crowder was out. So Chris Hogan stepped in, just what we expected. And played his role, produced similarly. He had six for 75 on eight targets. I'm just kidding. We didn't expect that. Uh, fellow small receiver Braxton Berrios also had six for 59 and a touchdown on eight targets. Two guys I'm sure nobody owned. After uh, Perriman got injured, of course. And, and Perriman yeah, was Perriman's one of the most hurt. popular plays in daily fantasy. Yep. It was, it was just, you, you can't play Jets. I don't care if there's only literally one healthy player. You can't play him. That's been our... Um, our overall message since this podcast first started <laughs> has it not been like just yep. don't play the jets go i mean gore did what we expected he had 21 carries for 63 yards so there you go if you needed six points gore is your man but he's only a desperation play uh this game's boring so on to the next one the la uh rams against the philadelphia eagles it was a pretty interesting game on the the Rams side although the uh eagles looked pretty terrible uh, Tyler Higby had a great day, caught all three of Goff's touchdown passes, all five of his targets. So uh, he played 86% of snaps. He's he's a locked and loaded tight end one. I, I would never, I mean, I have a team where I have him and Ertz and I played him over Ertz and will continue to do that. He just looks very, very dynamic. Over Ertz? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. It's still just sort of a bit mind-boggling and hard to grasp, but... 
And and this is the matchup. I mean, the Eagles list look bad. If if they start looking like they're good again, I will I will obviously I'll play Ertz like in the in the flex if I if I need to. But I just oh, I, I play him in the flex still. But the Eagles have looked bad. I th- I think a lot of the credit goes to the Rams defense, which I think is back to being one of the top ten defenses this year. They looked pretty good against uh, Dallas. They looked good this week. I am kind of starting to get a bit concerned about the Eagles. Their offensive line hasn't been great. Sanders came back. Sanders played pretty well. He got over 20 touches, which is all you can ask for. Now, he didn't put up a huge day or anything like that, but you have to be optimistic about that. Deshaun Jackson um, did better than last week. Rieger has a ways to go, and uh, if you had either of the tight ends, you probably were a bit disappointed. But the Eagles' offense is a bit concerning right now, and I don't know what to make of it. But the Rams, on the other hand, their run, running back by committee is maddening. Yeah, and Cam Akers got hurt in the first uh, quarter. He, he only played three uh, snaps and got three carries, and then he was out. He hurt his ribs, so he should be back within a couple of weeks. But, yeah, then you saw – that's why you saw Daryl Henderson get so many snaps. And 12 – he did well. 12 carries, probably his best game as a pro, 81 yards and a touchdown. Also caught two balls for 40 yards, so – um, who knows? Malcolm Brown is back into the land of obscurity. I mean, eleven for forty-seven, but yeah, no, no targets. Who knows, man? I, you really can't play any of them until it becomes clear, and it may not ever become clear. Daryl um, Henderson looked good. He might have finally, you know, earned a bit more playing time. He's always it, been like that super explosive guy. I think he came out of Memphis, mm-hmm. and he was probably God. He set records in college like 7.6 yards a carry something like that yeah and everyone was so excited about him last year and he just never got an opportunity to play and this year he did yeah he, he couldn't figure out their blocking scheme is what i have read um he's a he was like a it was a different scheme in college and that's what he was used to and and so maybe he's figuring it out uh, apparently cam makers also come from, came from a different blocking scheme my question for the rams front office was why don't you just draft guys who already know your blocking scheme but you know, whatever you do, you do you. Um, Henderson uh, did look good, but I wouldn't put much stock in it. And maybe pick him up if he's available, but it could be another guy next week. Well, a couple other things from this game I wanted to mention: uh, D. Jacks, D- Deshaun Jackson did receive nine targets. He, he only went six for sixty-four, but he, you know he played seventy-seven percent of snaps. He looked pretty good and spry. I saw a couple nice plays by him. Uh, Rager, even though he only went four for 41, he played 85% of snaps. So they definitely want to get him involved. And if you have him, watch it carefully because the time when he should be a start uh, is probably coming soon. And then, like you said, Sanders looked good. Boston Scott was irrelevant, only 18% of snaps. You are going to be seeing a lot of Eagles this um, coming week on some of the air yard reports because they got tons of air yards. They just didn't do very much with it. Mm-hmm. So get ready to have people hype these, uh, hype these guys up this upcoming week. Yep. Uh, the next game I'm sure you don't want to go to, but we have to, it's Denver and Pittsburgh. Um, the, the Broncos did not look terrible. Shockingly, even after losing drew lock, Jeff Driscoll, he wasn't terrible. He, he led them back and almost uh, found a way to win that game. So I was pretty impressed with him, even though he's just a very, you know, low-end option at quarterback. Melvin Gordon, as we expected, played most of the snaps with Lindsey out and was pretty good even uh, against the tough Steelers defense, 19 for 70, and also had a touchdown through the air. 
Um, I, I do think, I don't know what you think based on what you know of the Broncos, but I believe when Lindsay comes back in a couple of weeks, it will go back to more like a 50-50 time uh, a split. Absolutely. That's, that's what I would assume. The Broncos actually played pretty well here. Um, when you dig into the numbers a little bit, Driscoll had a uh, QBR of over 60, and uh, Big Ben had like a QBR of like 38. So Driscoll actually probably paid, played better than Locke would have, to, to be quite honest. The team did really well considering all the injuries. But the loss is good for them. They'll be able to have a higher draft pick. And maybe we'll end up with uh, Lawrence or Fields. You've lost hope, man. This I lost team is hope going to the when uh, Von Miller tore um, tore up his ankle. <laughs> just kidding. Um, also noting Cortland Sutton yeah, is Sutton. out for the year. Yeah, that was, that was painful. ACL. That guy, he is a good player, and he was going to have a good year. It really hurt. Um, I drafted him a bunch, so obviously that hurts. But I feel bad for the guy. Just barely, barely got any action this year. It does mean that Judy and Hamler are. Very interesting names uh, to consider. Obviously, Judy's already owned, but Hamler will be available in a lot of leagues. Or Tim um, Patrick, if you want a deep sleeper. Yeah, Tim Patrick. I mean, I, I think Tim Patrick's just not as good. But, oh, no, um, he's not. Yeah, I mean, and Hamler's a rookie, but Hamler played on 62% of snaps, which was even more than Judy. Uh, he received seven targets, and he only caught three for 48, but uh, he's a dynamic player, super fast. I would definitely add him. Um, in your leagues if you need a receiver because the Broncos are going to be behind a lot and Hamler is going to get a lot of targets, especially with Sutton out. It also means good things for Fant. Uh, Fant's going to be even more of a centerpiece of this offense, I think, with Sutton out. So uh, he's a weekly must start. The main question is how conservative will the Broncos be with all these injuries? I could see um, Vic Vangio deciding to make the team much more run heavy, trying to try to shorten the games as much as possible and uh, try to hide all these injuries and the impact of them as much as, uh, as much as they can. But they might be forced into a lot of throwing situations if things go south, but the team's still playing hard and uh, kept it pretty close with uh, a team that might be one of the better ones in the NFL. The Pittsburgh defense looks really good this year so far. Yeah, I was very impressed with their effort, uh, even though they were down all, all game. Connor <laughs> returned to a prominent role, and you just don't know what's going on uh, going forward, except you should expect that to remain uh, unless he gets hurt again. I mean, so he's a good play if he seems healthy. He went 16 for 106 and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, I just have to... The best player toot, on the Pittsburgh offense, you mean? Toot my own horn. Yes, he is better, I repeat, better than Juju Smith-Schuster. 13 targets. Had 10 last week as well, played 83% of the snaps and went 8 for 92 and a touchdown. Juju on his 8 uh, targets went 7 for 48. I know it's just one game, but Deontay just looks absolutely explosive when he's out there. Um, if you can get your hands on him, you should do it. I mean, I have him everywhere. That's great. <laughs> I've, I would know Juju. It's not even because you told me not to pick Juju or you talked him <laughs> down. It was just I was, uh, you know, picking value. up people like A.J. Brown. Right. It was value. I mean, Deontay in the seventh, eighth round, just beautiful. Absolutely. Better than uh, Marvin Jones or some of the other people going around there. Right. And uh, Claypool, the rookie, had a, a big, long 94-yard or 84-yard touchdown reception. He looks just sick as an athlete i think he's going to start playing more and more ahead of uh, washington so he's a guy to keep in mind uh, as a deep sleeper as well 
And then Ebron, Ebron, whatever, he, he did lead the tight end group over McDonald, had 77% of snaps, but only had three for 43. Uh, I just don't think he's a consistent option. But again, if he's available, you can consider adding him. Uh, the next game is the Panthers versus the Bucks, And the Panthers season may be over already. Oh, yeah. They're done. They're done. <laughs> they are I wasn't sure two. that was a statement by you or a question. <laughs> a question I, yeah. Kind of both. <laughs> like, kind of I both. just took it as like, oh, like, I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's it's assumed. You didn't have to ask me that one. <laughs> I mean, they have so much talent on offense, but now McCaffrey's out for a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. Teddy has not looked very good. I mean, he's not looked terrible, but not great. Uh, most likely, uh, if you are looking for a way to replace McCaffrey, if he's on your team, it would be Mike Davis. Uh, although they, you know, may go back and bring up Reggie Bonifon off the practice squad. He has he profiles more like McCaffrey. Uh, but Mike Davis, while he was in there, um, caught eight balls for 74 yards after McCaffrey went out. So that alone makes him worth an add in PPR leagues. Yeah, eight eight receptions. I didn't. So, wow. Yeah, it's easy to miss it because I mean he, he didn't do a ton with it, and it was in yeah. comeback you know mode. But again, it's they're going to be in that mode a than lot. McCaffrey had in the first two weeks combined. It's true. Yeah, McCaffrey had four you know early in the game, but yeah, they were in that you know last minute like come from behind thing, and that's when you get all those short passes. So and they will always be behind. Right. Which yeah. Which brings up the point: this is the worst defense in football. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. They yeah. are. Just bottom five for sure. Bottom one. Target <laughs> target them every week. I, I yeah, can't say it enough. Yeah, DJ Moore had a nice game. Uh, 89% of snaps, had a huge 13 targets, and you know was quiet early in the game, but he also caught a lot in garbage time. Eight for 120 he finished with. One uh, very interesting thing, Robbie Anderson is clearly ahead of Curtis Samuel. Um, Anderson played on 74% of snaps in the second week in a row, had a huge game, 9 for 109 on 10 targets. So it's interesting. I, I thought Curtis Samuel would be a better play than Anderson, but not so far. Well, I kind of was thinking about this, and I'm starting to believe that he was probably one of the most underdrafted players. Consider that he was playing for the Jets before, mm-hmm. and you know what I think of the Jets and he was putting up good numbers with Sam Darnold and the Jets. Right. So if you're a player and you're doing well with the Jets, you must be a superstar anywhere else. I like it. It's a I good mean, it's, it's such a I don't think we're going to see take, any more. But, <laughs> we're not going to see any more superstars in, in the near future. So uh, it's maybe not like a take that we can extrapolate, but I like it. They are so bad. <laughs> Ian Thomas, uh, boy. Played 55% of snaps and did not get a target. Uh, if you have him, I think you can drop him. He's just not hes not involved. Ronald Jones, <laughs> poor guy. He was playing well early for the Bucks after Brady yelled at him and cursed him out for dropping a fumble that was in the on the replay to me looked as much Brady's fault as Jones, but Jones was the fall man. And uh, he finished with only seven carries and two targets. He basically didn't touch the ball again. Isn't that like the most Tampa Bay thing ever? A mm-hmm. player makes one mistake and then they're like benched for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's Bruce Arians, man. Yeah, he, I, I, like just, uh, this is like some him. old school kind of hatred. Like, I bet these players are just playing terrified, knowing that if they make one small mistake, they're going to get benched. I think it's just a horrible way to coach. 
Yeah, and you wonder, I mean, if, if Fournette give me, had a give couple Give me Carroll fumbles. as a coach and his yeah. laid back, I'm going to support you kind of way. Mr. Positive. You know, yeah. Carson fumbles a few times. It's all right. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll call Tiki Barber and he'll teach you how to not fumble and he'll get right back out there and, and do great. Yeah. And here OJ's like drops one ball and uh, then he becomes a bench warmer. And mm-hmm. now, now, he's, now Ronald Jones is going to be behind Fournette. Fournette actually played pretty well. He did. I, I do wonder if Fournette fumbles a couple times, if he'll also be benched, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, just not how he operates with the guy he kind of favors, but whatever. He, he he got 12 carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns. So I think it's his job. Yeah, um, until they give it to McCoy. Targets. Yeah, well, McCoy actually, after uh, Jones went out, McCoy became the third down back. So they were basically completely benching Jones, and that may change, but McCoy got five uh, re- receptions for 26 yards himself, so. Talk about a burial. Yeah. Yeah. Gronkowski is dead. Uh, He received one target, didn't catch it. He can also be dropped, and that's painful because I drafted him in the eighth round, ninth round in some leagues. Our coverage Uh, of this team has become quite morbid. Yeah. It's painful, man. And I don't know if you saw the quote. Arians was asked about Gronkowski and said something to the effect of, you know, they're tight ends. I don't feel the need to target them much. That's what wide receivers are for. (laughs) So he he is the worst. And yeah, Gronkowski and OJ Howard, uh, boy, uh, you just don't want to play them. I'm just wondering like how this works as an offensive philosophy. You know, if you have tight ends and they're going to be running routes and they are running routes and the defense knows that you're never targeting them. It just seems like such a bad. You'd think it wouldn't work. I mean, his offenses work. I'm just saying. Yeah. If they're running weird. routes and they're never getting the targets, like I'm surprised that teams haven't really adjusted their coverage yet. Right. Yeah. Maybe he'll. I don't know. I, I probably wanted up dropping him. Just wait a couple more weeks to see if anything happens. But I'm very disappointed. Um, Mike Evans had a great game, by the way. 87% of snaps and a big a big day. So good for him. But take uh, everything into context. It was against Carolina. Right, and Godwin was out, so you know he's not going to have huge weeks every week. But and Brady once again didn't look that great. No, he didn't. Twenty-three of thirty-five, only one touchdown. So yeah, he was. He he's old, you know, but he's he's still a good quarterback. He's just not great. Well, he's not throwing pick sixes, so. Well, I guess that's a plus. I mean, that's the one difference between him and Jameis. Less than Jameis, maybe, but Mm. yeah. Next game is Jacksonville, Tennessee. Um, on the, in this one, it was uh, kind of a strange game. It was surprisingly exciting at the end. Jacksonville is a team that just isn't quitting. They, I thought they'd be one that was trying to tank, and not so far. They fought like crazy to try to win this game. At the end, uh, it just, just barely fell short. Uh, as one surprising thing on their offense is DJ Chark. I mean, he was a very popular fifth-round pick in drafts this offseason, and he had a, a 9% target share. Um, he is he only four targets of 45 passes, so just a little surprising. I'm not sure if that's because the Titans had like a lockdown corner on him or what the deal is, but he didn't do much last week either, so just something to watch. Uh, a guy that you should pick up is Keelan Cole. He received seven targets, again, very involved, had six for 58 and a touchdown and had the most sec, uh, second most snaps at receiver with 68%. So he could be a nice flex option for you. I think it's impossible to tank when you have the GOAT and Gardner Minshew on That's your true. team. 
Very true. Uh, jokes aside, though, he is looking like a top 15 quarterback in the league. He, he really the, is. Yeah. He, he played tremendous. And, like, I, you know, if you just gave him, like, the looks of, I don't know, Sam Darnold and gave him a less weird-sounding name, got rid of the beard, <laughs> call him, like, John Smith or something, just something plain, he would be looked at as uh, a very different level of a player. He just is such a goofy personality that people don't take him seriously. But that one over-the-shoulder pass that he did to um, Chris Thompson was one of the most beautiful passes that I have seen in years. Yeah. It was just literally just dropped He's right got over great, his shoulder. Amazing touch. Yeah, great Amazing. touch and accuracy. He does. I heard an interview the other day with Quincy Avery, who's a quarterback guru. Um, I think it was on the athletic football podcast, but he was talking about how, how Minshew, his mental hold on the game is ridiculously great for how long he's been in the league. He doesn't have, he was talking about how he doesn't have the physical ability to just drive it down the field like the top quarterbacks, but he has everything else, just mental side of the game, accuracy and touch. So, and he's got, he's got the ability to escape the pocket if he needs to. So yeah, he's a good quarterback. Yeah. It sort of sounds like a Pennington, something like that. Yeah. Yep, not a, not great power, but everything else is pretty good. Um, Tyler Eifert is a tight end I would throw out there if he's if he was dropped. You should consider picking up. Got six targets, uh, scored a touchdown on three catches. And you um, haven't brought up the big name, the running back. Yeah, James Robinson. Who knew? Uh, great week, another great week. Sixteen carries, hundred two yards, and a touchdown. And also had three catches. A lot of people didn't notice that, but he he is looking good i don't know if you saw any replays but he's small quick decisive like he gets through these holes fast i'm impressed i'm i'm just wondering why he wasn't ahead of uh armstead and uh ozigbo to begin with well maybe he was like they liked him the whole offseason but it's hard to trust a guy who wasn't even in like a major college program you know he just came out of illinois state nowhere but he's just good and very uh cool story Absolutely. This Jacksonville team is shaping up to be better than I thought. Mm -hmm. They might actually have to stay with uh, Minshew at this point. Yeah, yeah, they may not be going for a top quarterback. That would be Denver. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the Tennessee side, Henry looked pretty bad. 25 carries, only 84 yards, no catches. So uh, that's a very disappointing performance. It's also a trend. Yeah. He got 31 touches against uh, Denver, plus a couple catches. We got like 35 touches last week and had under 130-ish yards, I think. Yeah, it's it's concerning so far. And you wonder the whole 300-carry uh, plateau deal that the next year guys struggle, if that really also applies to Henry. It, he could... He could rebound, but so far it's been a concerning performance. And the offensive line hasn't looked as dominant as previous years. Right. They did lose one of their best linemen. That's true. But the one benefit is the play action has been better this year than ever. And the play action's working great. And Tannehill has been doing very well because teams just seem to bite on right. every single run fake. Four touchdowns on 24 passes isn't bad. We um, call that efficient. Really, yeah. Johnny Smith, huge day and played 84% of snaps, but you know, it's going to be so dependent on how many targets he gets, which is going to be up and down. But as far as, as long as AJ Brown is out, I would play him uh, for sure. Uh, And one guy, one other guy I wanted to mention, I mean, Corey Davis had kind of a blah day, only five targets, but 
Adam Humphreys for the second week in a row uh, led the team in targets. I mean, I think A.J. Brown had a few more last time, but he had six targets, five for 48, and a touchdown, and I think he scored back-to-back weeks. Uh, but he's he's looking good, and they have been playing 11 personnel a lot more, um, 55% or so this week. So definitely someone to consider picking up off your wire. The usage just uh, isn't there in that passing game right now. No, it's not. I mean, he's getting he, – he got 25% target share. That's the thing. Um, but it probably is, is dependent on A.J. Brown being out. So uh, the next game is Washington football team against the Cardinals. Uh, number one thing I wanted to say is Terry McLaurin is a stud. Absolutely. You can say that again. He looked really great. Seven for 125 and a touchdown um, on 10 targets, 94% of snaps. One other guy uh, is Sims, uh, their slot guy, or he sometimes plays on the outside, but he played 91% of snaps. So just want to mention him because he he isn't producing many points, so he will be on a lot of wires, but he's playing a ton and better days are ahead if Haskins improves. Yeah, I can't add too much about the offense. Um, hopefully the running back situation gets a little bit more focused. I believe that we are having it condensed, though, to yeah. who we were hoping it would be. Yeah, Gibson got 13 and McKissick got eight. Barber was phased out, so that was good news. And, and Gibson had 55 yards and a score on the ground. So He is clearly the best on yeah. that backfield. So if he takes over, fear not, he might end up making that higher ADP where he was getting drafted at the um, right before the season. Yeah, I mean, because they're a bad team, it, he's going to struggle still to put up a lot of points on the ground, but he if he can start getting some targets too, he did have two targets. Um, we'll see. I think he's got some really fun upside. Logan Thomas, man, again, had over 25% target share, nine targets out of 33, um, but he only produced four for 26. So a disappointing line, but um, especially against the Cardinals, uh, I was expecting better, but at least he was involved in the targets. I had him against me in so many matchups, and it was just terrifying. So him sort of uh, busting was very good for me. But yeah, I, I can't believe he uh, flamed out that badly, especially with that many targets. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it you can put on Haskins. I mean, Haskins is still not a very good quarterback. But it, like we said with A.J. Green, um, if you're getting that many targets, I, we like you. So we'll see if he can have a better uh, bounce-back game next week. Uh, on the Cardinals side, Kyler Murray was balling, 8 for 67 and two touchdowns on the ground, and he also had a pretty nice game through the air. I think this is this year's Lamar Jackson. That's what I was feeling in the offseason. I think he's going to win a lot of people a lot of leagues. He's also now, because he has Hopkins, he has a great receiver to throw to. And Hopkins did have a nice another nice target share, uh, 9 of 38 targets. He caught 8 for 68 and a touchdown. I think he's on his way to a huge year. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is another guy you should consider picking up. He was second in wide receiver snaps at 79% and got seven targets as played ahead of of uh, Christian Kirk, who only got four targets. So uh, the guy just doesn't uh, – he's he's never going to be done until he's, he retires. Um, the last guy I want to mention on this side was Dan Arnold. Uh, you should pay attention to this guy if if he's on your wire, which most likely he is. He played on 73% of snaps and got four targets. So he didn't do much, only two for 26. But he's gonna, he's, he did more than last week, and he's going to continue to grow in this offense. They love him in Arizona. So keep your eye on Dan Arnold. Next game is Baltimore-Houston. Have any thoughts from this game? Baltimore's a juggernaut. Houston did not look very good. And uh, it was the yearly 
hamstring pull injury for Will Fuller. <laughs> I thought um, you might have a take on Fuller. I mean, I, I, it was just a matter of time. I mean, I hope he's okay. Um, the hamstring pull isn't official, but he got taken out of the game and was shown having his like hamstring stretched on the sideline, and he never came back. The thing so, that really struck me about Fuller, though, was he played on 63% of snaps, and did you see how many targets he had? Not that many. Zero. Huh. Zero targets. So I don't know how that happens. I don't know if he was like double covered by the Ravens. Like they, you know how the Ravens took Beckham out of the game last week. Um, maybe they just gave him that treatment and he couldn't get around it. But I was like shocked. He played yep. that many snaps. And this was also a good learning experience for a lot of people about not overreacting to week one. Uh, week one, everyone thought Ingram was dust and that he had already been taken over the job by uh, J.K. Dobbins. This week, Ingram got almost all the work, and then Edwards was the second stringer, leaving Dobbins to barely touch the ball this game. Mm -hmm. So this backfield is not totally figured out yet. Approach with caution, and it was a very, very, very disappointing week if you had Mark Andrews. Yeah, totally. I had that they just did very... not use him. One catch. I, th I don't think they needed to. For they were twenty nine yards. Yeah, I had the whole game, and the the rushing deal. I would just. I was just going to say, I, I have to avoid all of them. If I have Dobbins in a bunch of leagues, I have Ingram in a couple. I'm, I'm not playing them because they basically all split thirty three percent of the snaps. All three of them played a third. So until somebody starts emerging, and again, this is a situation that no nobody might like. They might want to do this all year, so you just gotta hope something happens. Not hope for an injury, but hope for some sort of change. Clarity. Yes. Cooks rose from uh, his previous deadness of last week. He had eight targets, five for ninety-five. So um, I, I guess he was a little banged up last week. So maybe he was just healthy. Who knows if Cooks or Fuller is going to be the number one? We can't tell. And if Fuller is out, you can give a bump to uh, Cobb. Yep, and Cobb also caught five for fifty-nine. Also, Darren Fells. I'm sorry, not Darren Fells. Jordan Akins had seven for fifty-five. So if he if he wasn't picked up, you can pick him up. I'm not big on them because they have Akins and Fells involved, but whatever. He's an option. Uh, the next game, the Chiefs and the Chargers. This was, an, for a Chiefs fan, it was a very ugly game. One uh, nice part was even though CEH uh, played on, uh, or he only got a few carries, he had uh, eight targets and caught six for 32. Uh, so he, I guess 10 carries is how many he had. He played on 62% of snaps. And I don't know if uh, you remember, but last week I said, uh, be very careful with Daryl. Um, Williams because he's not very good and pay attention to Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson was the number two back this week. They basically benched Darrell Williams. He only had one target, no carries. Darwin Thompson had four carries and looked pretty good. So uh, again, I would pick him up if you would need a back or have a deep league. Life comes at you fast. I didn't, I did not expect the Darrell Williams train to crash that quickly. Yeah. There is only one stat from this game that really stood out to me. And that was the Josh Kelly versus Eckler line. Who got more touches? Yeah, Kelly did. Yep, 25 to 20. Kelly out-touched Eckler, and frankly, he looked like the better player. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kelly was like the unofficial starter by the end of the year. 
They are using him in the Melvin Gordon role now, it seems. Mm-hmm. And Eckler has sort of returned to the role he had last year, which isn't a bad thing because he's actually starting to get more targets again. But I expect his carry numbers to go down. Now, the carries, now they both got a lot of touches this week, 45 together. But a lot of that was uh, because of the game script and them trying to hold the ball because they were ahead against a vastly superior team. No, they definitely want to do a one-two punch. That's clear. I watched both of those games. And, and Kelly, um, he wasn't as good on the ground as he was last week. He only had 64 yards on 23 carries, but um, he, he's good. You're right, and, he, and they want him involved. So I picked him up in a lot of leagues. I would definitely pick him up if he's still available. And, and Eckler actually looked okay. He looked pretty good to me. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he looked explosive more than the previous week, but I think they're both good plays. And Herbert? Looks like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, that was shocking, man. He looked like a stud. Mm-hmm. Did you see the, the hit he put on that guy? Yeah, he lowered his shoulder. That oh, was good. man, he like practically knocked out a linebacker. He's a big dude. He's like 6'6". 6'6", so yeah, 240. I would definitely keep playing him if I was the Chargers, even though they're saying they're not going to. We shall see. Keenan Allen really clicked with him, got 10 targets, and had 7 for 96. So that's good news if you own him. I have a feeling that the wide receivers are all going to want him to stay. Right. Yeah. And, and you saw Watkins come back down to earth for the Chiefs. Um, he also had a concussion, so he was out. He should just generally be um, avoided or used only in games when, you know, they're against a, a bad defense, I'd say. Week one. Uh, yeah. Week one. That's true. Kelsey had a crazy 14 targets. So obviously he's a, round, uh, he's a first round pick value, in my opinion. And then the last game, we have not had our Monday Night Football. Uh, game yet because we're recording on Monday, but the last game from last night, the Patriots and the Seahawks, this was a fun one, wasn't it? Absolutely. And it was a bit surprising. Everyone's like uh, talking about how much Russell Wilson threw the ball. He didn't really throw the ball that much. He threw it at 28 times. He's uh-huh. just the most efficient quarterback in the NFL by a country mile. And he looked great. Mm-hmm. And I guess the message is that the Patriots' defense looks good when you play against bad teams. Didn't look so good when they finally had real competition. Yeah, there were times when I thought their defense looked pretty good, um, but, man, they just ripped them with the passing game. They didn't let much get going on the ground. But, um, yeah, they, the Seahawks, you're right. Russell Wilson is just uh, – he, he's one of the best there is. He's probably one of the top ten quarterbacks of, of my lifetime. I'm, I'm so impressed with his accuracy, his deep balls. His, his ability in the pocket, he's excellent. Well, right um, now, he belongs in the top three with Mahomes and Lamar. Oh, yeah. I agree. Even, even in fantasy, I mean, since they've been letting him go, he's, he's a t- uh, he will be top all year, one of the top three guys. So good for him. He's finally getting to throw it more. And not that he threw it a ton, but it was pretty much 50-50, which is more than they have had. Um, one, a couple surprises in this game. Um Demier Bird on the on the Patriots. Demir? Uh, Demir Bird, whatever his name is. I have no idea. Nine targets, uh, six for seventy-two. He was the he played uh, as the third receiver behind Harry and Edelman. He played eighty-six percent of the snaps. So whenever they're uh, like last week, they were ahead, so they just ran it, ran it, ran it. But whenever they're going to be in in shootouts, like in this one, uh, keep your eye on Bird. And then Nikhil Harry had twelve targets. They were Only- force feeding him the ball, and he was doing yeah. nothing. He didn't look great, but, you know, he can still improve. He had 8 for 72. 
I do. I like him overall. I just think he's got to get uh, more confidence probably going. And Cam Newton, my goodness, uh, he looks good. That was our biggest fail this year during draft season. You know, we didn't know what to expect, but we probably should have taken him a bit more just to be on the safe side because right now we're getting the version of Cam that we were all sort of worried would come about. And yeah. he's going to be dominant the rest of the year, at least in terms of fantasy. Yeah, I drafted him um, in quite a few leagues late, but I wasn't expecting this. Um, the, his his rushing going back to what it was early in his career is very cool. He had uh, every single touch inside the five-yard line that was a rush except for one. So I think yeah. he, he led um, goal line rushes like five to one over the rest of the team. And speaking of, you don't want any Patriots uh, running backs like we always say. Um, I was hopeful that they would change the way they do things. And, you know, I, I drafted Damian Harris, like I've said, but I don't want any of them. I, I will be dropping a bunch of them if I have Michelle and those guys because they just aren't getting any work. On the Seahawks side, Metcalf, my goodness, I love that guy. Played 100% of the snaps. He beat Gilmore regularly. He only had four for 92 and one, but um, he looked like a stud. He is so good. He's so big. Very large. Just a very large human being. (laughs) I would never want to take a picture with someone that big. It would just destroy my confidence forever. (laughs) Yeah, Lockett had a nice day. Seven for 67 and a touchdown. Eight targets. Played 95%. Olsen was terrible. I don't know if you saw him. If you have him, you can drop him. Yeah, 71% of snaps, but only one target. and Wasn't he the one that dropped it that had the pick six? Um, I'm not sure. I think All I know he was, was Disley that, outplayed him, I think. Yeah, I mean, Olsen, I think, dropped his target, and that was the pick six. Just he, he can have better days. He had a touchdown last week, but he was bad this week. So I think the, that the does The one it. bad spot on the entire team. Yeah, it, it's true. Everyone else played pretty well. Even Carson, uh, didn't, he didn't do that much, but he did score a touchdown through the air. So um, it was a good, great week for, Se- for Seattle, and amazingly, just – it, for those of us who have despised the Patriots for many years and want them to be bad, they almost beat the Seahawks on the road uh, with Russell Wilson. So I mean, it doesn't team count. Is, this team is not going There's away, no, and it's very no frustrating. crowd. I know, but still, I mean, it's they, it's the broadcast can pump in as much noise as they want. <laughs> it can't I hear fool you, me. but they still played a good game, and they, uh, they played really back. well. You know, I I was impressed, and I'm I'm annoyed. I think they're going to win this division again, even though the Bills look good. Look on the positive side. They won't get Trevor Lawrence. That's true. That was the biggest fear for me all along, going from one franchise quarterback to another. Well, they do have Cam Newton, though. For two years, maybe. (laughs) He's old. Uh, Old in football years. (laughs) He's a young man to me. Anyway, I think that'll do it for these uh, week two games. Hopefully Monday Night Football is a fun game and, and, is, and is close and interesting. Um, but uh, we will continue uh, with looking at more of these uh, stats and who we might pick up and that kind of thing next week. Uh, we appreciate you listening. If you want to interact with us, uh, please follow us on Twitter at KevinScottFF or at Kyle Leith. The podcast is at the Pod. Uh, please continue to give us ratings uh, or feedback over on Apple Podcasts. That would be very helpful. We appreciate you listening. For Kyle Leaf and our producer, Mark Bobro, I am Kevin Scott. We'll see you next time.